Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. So excited to have you here on this Monday. What a fun show we've got for you today as Terrence Oglesby from the ACC Network and the Field of 68 Podcast Network joins us here on today's program. If you haven't done so already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. My handle is at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Any questions that you might have in future weeks, we do Mailbag Monday editions of this podcast. Send those to me, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com, or you can send a tweet at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen when it comes to all things Blue Devil Athletics each and every day. Without further ado, let's get into our conversation after this quick break. We're back in a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's so good. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors to choose from, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and more, as Built Bars are healthy and great for the health-conscious guy. Covered in 100% chocolate, that's a crime, that shouldn't be fair, and yet it's still good. Soft and easy to chew, and it is good for you. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. A great flavor like peanut butter, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. You need to go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Welcome back into the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and on today's show, what a treat, what a special guest I've got joining us here is Terrence Oglesby, the former Clemson standout hooper and now working with the Field of 68 podcast network along with the ACC network. He's kind enough to join us here on today's show to talk some hoops. Terrence, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This uh, field of 68 after dark, I'm kind of wondering how in the world I'm going to be able to manage because I have two young kids too. <laughs> We're going to start this show at 11 p.m. And then I usually wake up and take the kids to school. So yesterday was a nice trial run. I'm going to have to uh, adjust to the little bit less sleep, but uh, I'm excited about that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. If people didn't check it out, of course, the field of 68, one of the newer podcast networks out there, but do a really good job covering hoops. How'd you get plugged in with them and, and tell us a little bit more about the show? You know, I've, I've known Jeff Goodman for gosh, since I was 16 or 17, was that 14, 15 years ago? And he was the high school guy when I was coming up. And obviously he's taken a turn and been super successful, whether it be breaking news or covering college basketball or high school hoops, whatever. Uh, Goodman just finds a way to get it done. And, you know, I started to get into the media thing about a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, I was coaching for a while and I had some things happen with my family. My father passed away, uh, who is pictures right there, but his, uh, he passed away suddenly and I, and I wasn't able to coach, uh, with the same effectiveness as I, as I would have liked because I needed to be home more. I needed to be around my kids and, and, uh, things of that nature. So I kind of just started plugging away and, 
And, uh, you know, I've called some games with ACC Network Extra, with ESPN Plus, and, you know, it's some big South games in there, too. <laughs> it's ESPN Plus, Plus, Plus. But it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been a good learning experience for me. It's something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about college basketball. And, uh, you know, I'm just seeking out as much advice and, and uh, stuff as possible to kind of keep this train moving forward. But, you know, the field of 68 uh, after dark, that, that show in, in particular is going to go six nights a week throughout the course of the year. And it's going to be after the nine o'clock primetime game. And, and we have unprecedented access compared to a lot of different networks simply because one, we're online. It's a little bit less filtered. And Jeff Goodman knows everybody and their mother. So it's like it kind of rolls all into one. And we had our first show last night after a press release, and we had a Field of 68 All-American team preseason, of course, and every single person that made the team gave us a five-minute interview during the course of the show. So it's a really unique uh, show. It'll be different. It'll be a little bit more real. And, and I like to compare it. Uh, you know, we're not sitting in a studio throwing darts at somebody. We're, we're, we're sitting in our living rooms and we're bringing people into our living room. And I think that's a big selling point to what we're going to do, because we're not just talking about them over there. We're bringing them in here with us and then we're going to talk hoop and then we're going to you know, get a little bit more inside information. How much of a template was there outside of like, hey, let's, you know, this first episode in particular where you're listing out your preseason All-American teams. And you're right. There were a lot of uh, interviews that took place, a Duke guy mm -hmm. in particular that we'll get to in, in just a moment. But is there much of a template or do you think it's more so going to be, hey, let's just talk hoops and see where this conversation goes? No, there's a template. There's a template. You know, I, I also do another I've signed on to do two shows with uh, Field of 68. It's it's uh, the After Dark show, which will be nightly. And then I have a weekly podcast that I'm doing with uh, Rob Douster and John Fanta. John Fanta, the voice of the Big East, Rob Douster, the founder of Field of 68, who also has worked at CBS. Uh, but we have producers and we, we have guys that, you know, basically tell us what we're going to talk about, you know, two days ahead. And the thing I was most concerned with, uh, to be honest with you, JJ, is like, I didn't know how this was going to work because Douster was hosting mm -hmm. and I didn't know the order. So it kind of added some authenticity to the production, I think. And what, what ended up happening was it ended up being a smooth kind of transition from one person to one person. And the good thing is between Goodman, Rob Douster and Rob Hummel and myself, we're all kind of we, we, we have a good vibe together and we're not going to be that same four every night. We have a long list of guys and it's going to be a really interesting show. I mean, the list of guys goes on and on. We got Adam Morrison from Gonzaga, Archie Miller, Steve Prohm, uh, Ashton Gibbs played at Pitt. We, we, we have guys that are going to be coming from everywhere and just kind of filling in from time to time. And uh, but to answer your question, it wasn't so much uh, this is exactly how we're going to do it. We had one guy that kind of led the way and then it was fun because it kind of went off the rails. Now, I will say this, doing an online thing where uh, Robbie Hummel was in San Diego, Goodman's in Boston and Dowsers and Dowsters in New Jersey. You know, there's going to be times where for half a second, we're going to talk over each other because we're trying to <laughs> get all there at the same time. But uh I, I'm telling you, it was a fun product to be a part of. I think, you know, it's been about 12 hours since the end of the show. We've had over 35,000 views. Uh, I mean, it took off fairly quickly and we kind of knew it would with Goodman and with his follower base and Hummel's got, you, you know, Purdue legend has basically the entire Midwest. And Dowster's been doing such a good job for a long time. Uh, it took off quick. 
uh, I thought it was authentic. I thought, uh, you know, there's a good amount of riffing and we all get along. So it worked out perfectly. Let's get more into your career. Obviously, Terrence Oglesby is joining us here on the program, the former Clemson standout. How, how do you get to Clemson? You know, I grew up in Tennessee. Um, my dad actually pl- went to uh, Spur summer camp with Johnny Dawkins. So he actually tried to uh, poke at Johnny Dawkins a little bit. And <laughs> they had Nolan Smith already committed. And I mean, smart move. <laughs> right. <laughs> like like I, I, I was a good player, but Nolan Smith was a great player. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I ended up, the, I was considering a lot of schools. I wasn't quite that blue blood level. I was that level right beneath it. So it was, you know, Greenberg at Virginia Tech. It was Frank Haith at Miami. It was Oliver Purnell at Clemson, uh, Capel at Oklahoma, and uh, Amaker, who was at Michigan at the time. So that was my final five. A couple and, of Duke guys. Uh, huh? I said a couple of Duke guys. A couple of Duke guys. A couple <laughs> yeah. of Duke guys. I, I don't know what it was, but Duke, most Duke guys liked me. I, it, must yeah. not have been a, it must not have been in the cards, but uh, – <laughs> You know, I, a guy named Jim Davis, who was the women's coach at Clemson for a long time, uh, he was at our high school recruiting a girl named Jackie Pickle. Jackie could shoot it. She's about six feet, uh, could handle a little bit, dribble a little bit high, but she'd shoot it from half court. She was a really good player. Well, she ends up signing at MTSU. And, but because my dad and Jim Davis worked basketball camps when my dad was in college, uh, Jim Davis sticks around for the boys game. And I had a, a good game, 35 or 40. I'm in high school. You're going to score a lot. But um, he goes back to Oliver's like, hey, Oliver, there's this kid in Tennessee. You might want to think about because he can shoot it. And then I got to Clemson's campus and it reminded me of where I grew up. You know, I, I'm from rural Tennessee and a lot of mountains, a lot of hills, a lot of trees, a lot of fields. And I got to campus at Clemson. I was like, this is where I could see I would still get all that extra I would still get all the extra was advantages of playing in the ACC against all these great teams. It's an up and coming program. Oliver has been going about it a certain way with the pressure and the pressing of the defense and the quick offense. I fit what they're doing here and they're growing. And uh, it was a smart decision. Uh, you know, I was able to get two years out of it, average double figures both years, and then uh, got some bad advice and turned pro. So it was, <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, I, Clemson's a great place. I ended up coming back, obviously, and getting my degree and ended up getting my master's degree at, at both at the same university. I'm not ashamed in saying that, but it's uh, it was a good spot. We actually live back uh, in the upstate of South Carolina right now, but Clemson's a great spot for me and my family. Yeah, it's clearly turned into a lifelong decision, it seems. As, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Terrence Oglesby's joining us here on the program. Let's talk about the, those ACC matchups that you had. Obviously, this is a Duke podcast, and I'm sure mm-hmm. people remember – uh, your years playing against, and yeah, people can't see this right now, but just above you, inside your home studio, you're uh, you're taking Greg Paulus to the basket. It looks like my man Greg Paulus. He, he, I, I love this picture because you always dream about playing in these big venues in the ACC, and <laughs> you know I think that was the only time I dribbled during my two years of playing <laughs> at, at Clemson. But uh, good job by Greg following his scouting report. <laughs> <laughs> Our show today is brought to you by Made In Cookware. Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made In products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven and their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced and stay sharp. They have 28,000 plus five-star reviews 
and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants across the world. Made in, better cookware for better meals. Right now, Made in is offering listeners 15% off your first order with promo code Locked On. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made in products. Go to MadeInCookware.com slash Locked On and use the promo code Locked On for 15% off your first order. That's MadeInCookware.com slash Locked On. Use promo code Locked On. Made in, better cookware for better meals. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code Locked On, and that promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize pick allows mixed sport entries, as you can combine basketball, football, basketball, and any other sport. It's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use promo code Locked On or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So uh, you mentioned the big venues. What is it like to play in Cameron Indoor Stadium as an opposing player? It's hot. <laughs> it's really warm. Uh, I will say this. The speakers are too loud. I mean, they're 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 just too loud. It's not even nice. Like it, it <laughs> just from a fan coming from a or sure. from a player coming, to, it doesn't make sense. You don't, you know. Obviously, the Cameron Crazies are great, and you know they've oh, until last year, really, the Cameron Crazies took a hit. Like the energy was starting to go down. I think this year, because students have been caged for so long, I think like it's going to be nuts. <laughs> in Cameron Indoor, and I'm so excited and happy that it's going to go that way. But I just remember it being really warm. You stepping out there in the guest locker room is the same locker room that Michael Jordan dressed in. Right. Like it's, they're not changing it. It's going to be the same way. Uh, there's all kinds of jerseys when you walk in there and campus is truly unique. Uh, but walking in there with that loud music, and it was pretty neat because as soon as I walked in there, I had a friend, her name was Maddie Burke. She's married now, but she's a Duke grad and we grew up together and <laughs> they kind of cheated on that little cheat sheet because yeah. <laughs> they had Maddie and Maddie, it gave them all my information. Like I had, they knew my high school girlfriend who we lost to in the state tournament, told them my parents who worked at this place were not proud of me. Like it was good stuff. Like I, <laughs> it was hard for me to really uh hate on it I just kind of chuckled and moved on about my business but it was just so warm and and it was just really hard to kind of get a rhythm I mean it's a it's a truly unique environment if you even if you look past the Cameron crazies because just an old building and they never need to change it I'd like to think everyone gets wiser with age so let's forget this past decade or whatever since the playing career has ended truly in that moment Terrence playing in Cameron Indoor or, or when Duke would return the favor and come and play at Clemson Seeing Coach K on the opposite sideline with his bench, what is that like? Well, I'm 
I'm not going to sit here and say like he's glowing. (laughs) It's not quite like that. Because, I mean, you got to think, you know, that was back when um, Gary Williams was still at Maryland. That was when, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for Paul Hewitt, who got Mm -hmm. Georgia Tech to the finals. Uh, I I have I had a lot of respect for Oliver. Uh, Roy Williams was at Carolina. So, I mean, it was. You know, it's it's obviously Coach K holds a certain place in our college basketball fans' heart. It's just, uh, you know, it, it just becomes part of the part of the business. You just kind of keep moving and, and you know, keep it going. And he's not as demonstrative until he gets really upset with a foul call. He's not <laughs> as demonstrative as a lot of other coaches. Like he sits on the bench. There's not a ton of head coaches that sit on the bench uh, because you know he gives his players that freedom and their their sense of uh, control over the game. And I think that's a nice thing. I think that's a reason he's had so many teams, despite not, despite Duke not really running a ton of offense or something like that. Those players can take extreme ownership because he just sits on the bench and says, Hey, I've talked to you what you need to know. I'm going to call a couple of plays here and there, but for the most part, this is your show. And, um, you know, how could you not like playing for that? How'd you react to the news that he was retiring? Not surprised. I kind of figured one more year, because the, the gentleman that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Paulo Bancaro, was so good. And last year was just so poor. It just didn't seem like it would have been fair. And uh, God bless Roy Williams for getting out and the reasons he got out. But, um, you know, kind of a – I mean, he said, you know, I don't want a victory lap. This is a victory lap. This is about as big a victory lap. I, I, Duke fans know it. Opposing <laughs> fans know it. Everybody knows it. It's a victory lap. And the good thing about this particular big victory lap is the fact that Duke is going to be so good. They've got older guards. They've got Paulo Bancaro. Griffin's coming in as well. They got a nice uh, senior piece with Theo John from Marquette, who's not going to be a huge minute guy, but he's going to provide what they need when they need it. And it, it's going to be a fun year. And my man's going to receive his flowers, and and rightfully so. I mean, he deserves it without a doubt. I'm excited to see what this year looks like. Uh, obviously. Much like you, not too surprised the announcement was coming. It, you know, it just when it actually happens, there's still that moment of, oh my gosh, this is this is really happening. Like this is the man that's been on the sidelines at Duke for 42 years, and he's deciding to to hang it up. That's older than a lot of us. And to to think about all the players that played for the same man, uh, it's definitely not something you see every day, and not something that we're likely going to see again. You know, I think it's really unique to see, you know, a person grow and uh, the way that. You know, Coach K grew whenever he first took the job. It was kind of a sheepish, hi, it's Coach K, it's K-R. You know, he starts <laughs> spelling his name. And transitioning to that, to 10 years later, where he's really put, you know, his feet on the ground and, and moved forward, uh, to, to see somebody's, you know, personal development, to see somebody really do um, – as well as he has as a result of his hard work is, is really, really cool. And I was born in 88. So this happened way before I was born, but uh, you know, I I think it's cool when people are rewarded for hard work and coach K and Duke uh, he's the reason that Duke is what it is. Let's get a little bit into the future before we talk about this upcoming basketball season and the team that Duke's going to have after we learn that news, a really quick announcement that John Shire was going to replace him as a sort of the head coach and waiting this year when you do daily talk for Duke athletics, like that was going to be our pride and joy, Terrence, is that we get to speculate sort of who's going to be the next guy after. And we've been speculating about this for 15, 20 years at this point, but they wasted no time making the announcement that John Shire would be the next coach. Someone that you played against, 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and looking at those, Duke, it's kind of wild to think, hey, man, t- 10 years ago you were playing against this guy, and now he's been tapped as the next man at Duke. Yeah, I thought it was a no-brainer. I mean, if you don't go with John Shire, who do you go with? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's kind of where that goes. I mean, Amaker, maybe. He's been at Harvard, an academic right. institution, and had some success. I think he would be in the running. Capel hasn't been good enough at Pitt. Um, you know, Woge obviously did not have success at Marquette. You don't know where to go. The only two that I would say if you went outside who was immediately there would be Chris Collins at Northwestern and, and Tommy Averker at, at Harvard. The, the, those are the only two that I could see that would make sense. And even their success at those respective schools has been sporadic. Right. Uh, that being said, either one of those guys get to Duke, you're going to be able to recruit Duke level players. You're going to have more <laughs> success. But I, you know, one of the positives about hiring John is, is, you know, he's never failed. Right. Uh, and I do hope that Duke fans and are, are a little bit patient. And because Duke's talent, with all that they're recruiting, their recruiting class is unreal, headed off by Derek Lively. He is truly special. You're going to be able to overwhelm some people. But when you get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, that's when coaching really takes effect. And you're going to have to be a little bit patient with uh, Brother Shire because he's going to have to figure some things out. The, the difference in the seats is incredible. I mean, you could be that second guy and to say, oh, I should do this, I should do that. But once you get in that headman seat, like all that responsibility falls on you. And I think uh, I think he's a smart guy. He played like he was a he was a really good player. He played like a smart guy. He wasn't the most athletic, but he had good size, and he was always there on help side. He was always cor- closing out correctly. He was good. He was good on offense because he knew where to be. Like he's a coach. Uh, he played like a coach uh, would want. A player to play. He's that kind of guy. And not to mention, I, I have a lot of respect for John's intelligence as well. So he, he can be dynamic in his thinking and the staff they have. Uh, you know, Nolan Smith's a superstar. Uh, who is it? Carowell that's Carowell. also there. So, yep. Yeah, I, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, Carowell, who's, who's also really good. You know, I really like, uh, you know, obviously they're going to be able to recruit at the same level and that's going to help them win a lot of games just simply because their talent is going to be so much better. And a lot of people say, well, like, you know, you, you get after, you know, people say stuff about Cal, like, ah, well, he's a great recruiter. Is he a coach? No, that's part of coaching. That is coaching. You have to get those players. So to discredit somebody for being able to get those players and be able to recruit is wrong. But I, I'm interested to see how in-depth that Shire goes with the X's and O's because he's going to have so much talent. Time will tell. We'll, we'll certainly see about a year from now when the season gets going for Duke basketball is – uh, I want to go back to, to those playing days in particular against John Shire. Uh, obviously, both of you guys out there on the wing probably guarded one another, a possession, yeah, we did. I'm sure. And uh, mm-hmm. what do you remember about that? I remember John being a little bit slower than some of the other guys. <laughs> that, uh, And that's just the competitor in me. Sure. I was like, how am I going to be able to find a right. way to uh, get open? And I, I thought I could outrun John, and I could. He was a better player than me. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I could outrun him. And, you know, I, I figured if I came off a screen and he goes the wrong way, I'm going to be able to get some points. And that's what happened whenever we played. I think I had a winning record against Duke. I hate to rub that in your face. I think it was like <laughs> two and one or three and one. Not a big deal. But we smacked him at home my sophomore year, and then we beat him in the ACC tournament. We only played him three times. So I was two and one. And uh, I just remember that not being the most athletic team, but probably one of the, the smartest teams because they had Greg Paulus. They had um, – 
Uh, Shire, obviously. Zubek was on that team. Singler was Gerald on that team. The team ended up going to win. They, yeah, they ended up going to win a championship, right? Mm-hmm. And because they were so smart. Now, the good part for me was, was we had a guy named Casey Rivers who they had to put Gerald Henderson on. <laughs> so uh, I got to run away from some of these smart guys. And I wasn't particularly one of these, you know, I was hunting shots. That's what I was there to do. And I remember saying, well, if I can outrun these guys, I'm going to be able to get shots up. And that's usually what happened. But John was a good player. I mean, it, he was just, you know, I would back off so far <laughs> because I couldn't guard anybody. <laughs> so, like, if I closed out just close enough to make him hesitate, I could usually stay in front of him. But he was so smart, he would never force anything. And he didn't have to because I wasn't a good enough defender uh, to really be able to stop anybody for that matter, let alone John Shire. But, you know, good player. Uh, could really shoot it, handles the ball. I mean, he's a combo guard at what six? He was a six six. Yeah. I mean, it really, really nice player. And and uh, like I said earlier, I mean, built to built to be a coach, built to be a coach. From the Chicago area, like Coach K, they're both going to be 33, right. 34 when they take over the Duke. I mean, there are a lot of similarities between these two uh, paths for for Shire and Shashevsky. So let's uh, let's get into this year. Let's talk about the Duke basketball team as they get ready for this upcoming season. Practice has started. Uh, you guys did your preseason All-Americans and had Paulo Bancaro on the on the list yeah. and got a chance to catch up with him. What makes him so special? Oftentimes when you look at these five-star recruits for Duke coming in, you could see highlight mixtapes all you want to, but truly until you see them in a game setting from the fans' perspective, I feel like it takes a little bit longer to know what it's going to look like. Well, do you remember watching Jabari Parker play and how physically dominant he was? Without a doubt. Okay, so – I don't – I compared him to Jabari Parker last night on the show, and people are like, what? I'm like, dude, hold on. Jabari Parker was the number two player in the country and averaged 19 and 10 or something, like some astronomical numbers in right. the ACC playing to do. It was, it was insane. And people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, hold on. He's going to be like Jabari Parker, but he's two inches taller and 35 pounds heavier. And he's more – he's probably a little bit more athletic. And he shoots the ball better. Like it's 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 insane, really, how how quickly the game has evolved. Uh, a lot of people had him as the number two player. I have him as the number one player in the country. I don't even think. I, I think the difference between him and Chet Holmgren is about is about a hundred pounds. And being able to adjust that 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 weight from college or from high school to college is going to be a no brainer. I think he's special because he's a four but he can get a rebound and take off with it like a point guard and make decisions. Uh, you know, Duke's going to be able to run some four or five pick and roll. You know how hard that is to guard at the, at the college level. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Some of the passes that are coming out of Duke's camp via whether it be their Instagram or something like that, he makes cross body off the pick and roll one handed passes to the opposite corner. That is such a difficult pass that has to be so good that it has to get there so it has to get there fast it has to be on target so your guy can shoot it and you also have to read the bottom line of the defense a lot of college kids coming from high school what happens is they come off a pick and roll and the only people they're looking at is that guy hedging or that guy on you no Paolo Bancaro because he's 6'10 250 he can come off those ball screens see over it and then see the help side where it's at and then he's skilled enough to pick it up and fire it where he needs it when needs to get it. He is going to be terrific. Uh, you're looking at 20 and 10 easy. And if he's able to, you know, assert himself in the paint, I think this year Duke has a little bit more shooting. And I think Wendell Moore 
uh, is finally going to crawl out of this funk he's been in uh, because he's got a lot of tools. Now, he's not somebody that's going to take over a game. That's not that's not who he is. But I think he could get 12 points a game and be your best perimeter defender. He can be a solid option on offense. And I think he needs to be, for this Duke team to be what they can be, he needs to be their version of Andre Iguodala. I mean, you're looking at somebody 6'5", 215 pounds, really long arms. I think he's got seven one wingspan. Like he's somebody that can hunker down and guard and he can switch one through four. And then if he could just pick his spots uh, where he's going to score, uh, he could have a really good year. I hadn't thought about that before. I like that. I kind of like the fit because, you know, I, Wendell Moore Jr. last year taking over some of the point guard duties from Jeremy Rose. I didn't like it. Who had some struggles. It was was weird. It was weird. And it was almost like you had, what's the kid, Goldwire, that transferred to uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You take the ball out of Jeremy Roach's hands. Like, Jeremy Roach needs the ball in his hands, at least, if nothing else, to get into a rhythm. I think this year Roach is going to be different in the the fact that, you know, he's going to have the ball a little bit more. He's going to initiate offense and he's going to be able to get into the paint and make those smart plays that he's so good at. Last year was just kind of a hodgepodge. Duke didn't get that summer to kind of figure his guys out. Uh, and and truth be told, I, I, I'll just say it. I don't know that the entire university uh, was sold on everybody playing during the COVID year. I, I feel like there was apprehension from the top down. And so it was hard because I, I think Duke was thinking about so many other things. Yeah that it was hard for them to really get a solid grasp on the type of team they had in order to make the adjustments they needed towards the end of the season. Mark Williams also on the interior came on out of nowhere the last half of of last season and his last game before the year was shut down 23 points 19 rebounds versus Louisville in the tournament. That's another big body that you have to uh, exploit other teams. Well, I mean, they're going to be able to overwhelm you in the front court. I mean, the, the, the body size of Duke is tremendous. I, I think he has a 7'6 or 7'7 seven, <laughs> seven wingspan. Like, it's it's absurd. And, and uh, you know, he's going to come on. He's going to be there, DeAndre Jordan. He's going to be better. Uh, but I, I kind of compare it just to – I look at traits, and I look at what trait that guy fits. So, DeAndre Jordan, whenever he played with Blake Griffin and, and Chris Paul, I think, like – his dynamic there, an extreme, extreme high-level shot blocker guy who's going to clean up on the boards and he's going to have some major games because those other guys take up so much attention. Uh, I, I think he could be in the running for defensive player of the year because his timing blocking shots is tremendous. I think it's going to be between him, Manny Bates, and uh, Jared Jones transfer from Marshall that ends up in, at Louisville. Th- those guys are excellent defenders. And Mark Williams is is uh, he's in a league with Manny Bates as far as rim protection is concerned. What about this non-conference schedule for Duke at the start of the year? Just your quick thoughts on on a game versus Kentucky to kick off the year and the Champions Classic. They're playing Gonzaga and Vegas, and and then a road test at Ohio State. Really good non-conference schedule for Duke before they get to the <laughs> well. Play. The 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 Kentucky game to me is going to be really interesting because. Uh, I picked that as my non-conference game of the year because there's so many stories that are involved with that. Uh, Kentucky has completely picked up and and changed the way they recruit. They're going after the best transfer guys now to ease the blow for some of these young freshmen, Ty Ty Washington and Damian Collins, who's very good. And then you also have uh, that, that game's at MSG. So, I mean, that's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, Duke is going to be different. I, I just, I think a, another big portion of this, I think Duke's going to play defense this year. And you, and people, <laughs> I say that kind of flippantly, 
but because you've gone one and done for so long, like it's hard to get those guys to buy into smacking the floor, especially yeah. when you're getting five-star kids. Like I, I, I thought I thought the changing part, and I could see Coach K's frustration, was when they started smacking the floor while they were playing a 2-3 zone. It was like, I understand why you're doing it, and Coach K's still trying to implement what he does, but it takes away that ferocity in which you're playing by smacking the floor and going zone. It, it, it's one of those things like the opposing team kind of looks at it and they're like, there's a small eye roll. Right. Because, like, you can be all tough, but you're still running back to that spot right there. Right. And – because Coach K didn't recruit this summer, uh, he was with his players the entire time. He's going to be able to teach a lot more, and he was in there every day. And I, I think you're going to see significant benefits because of that. Now, Gonzaga uh, in Las Vegas, that's going to be a good game, too. You want to talk about star-studded matchup, Chet Holmgren, the guy that everybody's comparing to Bancaro. Uh, they also have Hunter Salas. They've got a lot of talent there as well. Excuse me. They've got a lot of talent there as well. Uh that's just going to be a fun game to watch. And the matchups are so intriguing, whether it be Drew Timmy and Bancaro. And that's going to be a game Bancaro might get taught a little bit now. <laughs> and it's not a game that matters that much because it's not a bad loss. It'd be right. a huge win, but it's not a bad loss. It, I'm not saying they will lose. I'm just saying like the, 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 the right. positive negative, the, the positives way outweigh the negatives in that particular occasion. But... Sorry about that. It's all good. You know what? I'm going to have to start muting my mother. I'm going to have to start muting my mother. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, go, it comes back to, uh, I, I mean, just so many individual matchups. And it, that's going to be one of the more intriguing. Uh, I, I, gosh, I should have picked that game. But as far as like the best game of the non-conference. But uh, so many good matchups, so much talent on the floor, and two coaches that have done it their own way for so long with Mark Few and Coach K, that's a really intriguing matchup. Yeah, Thanksgiving week. And then finally the, the ACC Big Ten matchup going to Ohio State. That's got a good program up and rolling there in Columbus too. Oh, they're really good. And it was, Holtman has done yeah. a nice job up there. It, it, that's, a, that's an environment. Uh, I mean, that's a big-time environment that, you know, there's a lot of tests early, and, and Duke will benefit from it. I mean, if they – you know, we talked about three games right there. If Duke takes two, that's great. If they take three – Whoa, boy. And, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, they win one. You're going to learn a lot from those other two losses. Uh, you did. You do need to win one of those three. I think that's a given. But, uh, you know, that gosh, what a, what a non-conference heading into uh, what could be the most. I'm not going to say the most loaded ACC in a long time, but there's so many old guys in the ACC this year. Uh, they're going to have to grow up quick. Duke's obviously got national championship aspirations as they do every single season. What what's the worries at this point in the year before this this team gets going? Are they going to shoot it well enough to space the floor enough for Bancaro? I think that's the big deal. Moore has to have a good year. Uh, Trevor Keels, the freshman from Clinton, Maryland, he can really shoot it. I, I hate to even say this, but I worry is he in good enough shape to be able to play more than 10, 15 minutes? Like six four, two hundred twenty five pounds. That's a big boy. And, you know, that's a, that's a lot to carry around the floor. He can really shoot it. Uh, Jeremy Roach was in the low 30s. He didn't shoot it great. Uh, Joey Baker has shot it. He's a shooter, but he only shot like 32, 33%. Right. Yeah, I mean, are you a shooter if you're only shooting those numbers? I mean, that's what worries me more than anything is, is general floor spacing. But I think because the game is going to have more flow and more rhythm because Bancaro is going to be able to get people shots, I think they're going to shoot it better. But, uh, I mean, that's the whole 
uh, for Duke uh, with the roster as it as it is now. Let me kind of end with the, how many times you've been asked about NIL since uh, since July and this thing got off and rolling? Uh, quite a few. I, I think it's overblown. And I think I, I, I think the uh, money that's being paid, you know, water. I have a friend that says water always finds its level. I think because the initial excitement of NIL companies were like, oh, we, we got to get the best college kids. Uh, I don't think they're going to see a massive return on their investment. I, I think there's going to be a few. I think it's going to be more so, um, you know, what was it? The Cavender twins out in Fresno State, like they're good ball players, but they, they're getting paid because they're pop icons. Like it's more so for people like that. You know, guys can have different jobs. Uh, I think NIL does play a factor for a lot of uh, tweener picks. When I say tweener picks, like, early second, mid second, Hunter Dickinson, for example, Kofi Coburn, like guys like that who can make a little coin while still being the big man on campus. It gives an alternate plan for some of those guys that need to make a little money, but I think it's overblown. Uh, You know, I'm in agree, you know, the great Jay Billis, the, the, I'm in agreement with him. Like everybody's like, well, how are we going to regulate this? You don't have to, it'll regulate itself. Uh, There's obviously going to be an explosion, but there's going to be a correction in the market. I I can guarantee you there's not going to be, uh, too many guys that are going to be getting paid over a million dollars to be your third string quarterback at Ohio state. Like this is ridiculous. It's it's, these things are not going to happen from a business perspective. It's stupid. And companies are going to figure that out fairly quickly. And I think there's going to be apprehension from a lot of players because you're seeing some guys, especially in football. And you see where I, where I live here, there, there's guys that took big deals before ever really playing big time minutes. Sure. And they can't lose sight of the fact that you're getting that money because you play well. Your product is your ability to play. And so I think there's going to be a massive market correction. I think there's going to be some apprehension from a lot of players who know, you know, that they have to perform. So don't put undue pressure on yourself, even though you may need the money. Don't put undue pressure on yourself until you're absolutely sure of what you're doing at the college level. Terrence Oglesby, you have been way too kind with your time to join us on Lockdown Blue Devils. I really do appreciate this, man. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sorry for the mic uh, drop and uh, what was it? My mother calling, right? <laughs> Dead in middle. It's all good. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thank you for having me. And, and obviously, you know, there's a there's a, a love-hate relationship with Duke because you respect everything that they've accomplished and you 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 hate them a little bit because you want to beat them and I, I i think hate's a strong word i don't like to use that at, uh, almost ever but <laughs> you know you, it's just a, a plethora of respect for everything coach k has done and everything their staff has accomplished throughout the years and the guys that they've moved forward not only on the onto the pros but in the coaching ranks i mean guys get jobs out of duke and a lot of that is because of coach k and his legacy there as a blue devil <laughs> That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. And again, thank you to Terrence Oglesby for joining us on the program. That guy was awesome to talk to. Had that conversation with him last week and glad you got to hear it today. As a lot of funny moments. His mom gave a phone call during the interview, asked me to keep that part in the podcast. And uh, that was fun. So shout out to Mama Oglesby. And uh, look, on our show in the future, Terrence Oglesby is going to be a part of the Locked On Blue Devils community as we navigate throughout this upcoming college basketball season. I definitely remember him playing for the Clemson Tigers versus our Duke Blue Devils when I was growing up, and it was just really cool to connect with him. So thanks for listening to our show today. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Make sure you follow and subscribe our podcast for free wherever you get them. We're everywhere. Check out Odyssey. Leave us a five-star rating and review. 
on the Apple Podcast platform so that I can give you a five-star Friday shout-out. That means a lot when you leave those great reviews. Want to let you know about Locked On Bets as well. Betting on college athletics doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.